Mum. Hi Beth. Hello and welcome to this week's Tell Me About This Podcast. This week we talk about management and leadership. We hope you all enjoy. Ta-ta for now. <laughs> Chaos. Hi there, how are you? Hey Beth, yeah, well, and yourself? Good, thank you. Yeah, just we just got back from a really nice vacation a few days in Athens and then we jumped on a cruise ship and spent some time in the Greek islands and up the Dalmatian coast to Venice so um batteries are recharged very and, nice uh, raring to go very nice which um which location would you go back to which is one for people to go visit Oh, I think there were three places that we found that we'd never been to before that we're very keen to go back to. Athens, great city, not just the history, but the culture, the food and um, uh, scene and wine scene there is tremendous. It's just a really uh, happening city with so much going on in it and so much to see and do. And uh, when we were there, great weather as well. And then on the Dalmatian coast, a small port town called Kotor in Montenegro, the approach to which is beautiful through two large um, uh, sea lakes uh, off the Adriatic. Um, just stunning location, beautiful little city. Again, great food and wine scene there and um, very cosmopolitan. And then also um, Zadar in Croatia. Mm -hmm. uh, which, um, uh, again, all of the above, just a lovely place. At, Zid at Zadar, they've got a, a sea organ. So imagine the um, city fronts directly onto the water and the water splashes up a series of steps and behind these uh, stone steps have been fitted tubes leading to a resonating chamber. So as the waves hit at different velocities and different timings, they cause a sound to come out of this organ within a, a defined range of sounds. And, uh, and it plays these um, tunes. Um, mm. And just stand there and just listen to this thing. It's quite incredible. Beautiful. Um, an, an example of many of the innovations that Zadar has put together, uh, a combination of a beautiful old city and lovely modern marinas, hotels, beachfront uh, properties, etc. So oh, cool. definitely one to think about there as well, just north of Split on the um, Croatian coast. Nice. Split was one of the options that we were looking at. Um, we went to Madeira recently and it was between Split and Madeira. And we chose Madeira. Mm -hmm. I think you made a, made a good choice, but uh, Split should be on should remain on the list. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought uh, we'd talk a little bit about management and leadership. Now, we're trying to focus, of course, on the young entrepreneur, the startup entrepreneur, the first time entrepreneur. In the uh, guidance and advice we're trying to give here, so. Management and leadership can easily be thought of as something which we only need to worry about when a certain minimum scale appears within a business. But I think that it's something that um, the startup entrepreneur needs to be concerned with from the get-go as well. So we'll talk a little bit about the management and leadership uh, from an overview standpoint and then try and compare and contrast the two concepts um, to assist our startup entrepreneurs in, in managing their businesses better and leading people better. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. 
So we'll get straight into it, shall we? Yeah, let's. All right. Well, I think much has been written on management and leadership. If you were to Google management versus leadership, you'll, you'll return a, an incredible amount of material and content on this, this subject. Again, as I said in, in opening, all of which assumes a certain size within your organization. I think, however, that management and leadership is something which the startup entrepreneur needs to be thinking about. And so what we'll do is we'll talk about these matters today in the context of a simple approach, high level stuff that is intended to help people to manage better from the start and to lead when appropriate. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. What is it that we manage? We've talked in previous episodes about management of time, projects, working environment, suppliers and customers. So management is the coordination of things, of entities, of activities, if you will, with defined outcomes. But leadership is more about people. It requires people to effect leadership. And at the very early stages of a startup, when perhaps the entrepreneur is working on their own, leadership may be very limited. Management should be significant, but leadership may be limited because, as we observed, it requires people. But there can be benefits in exercising good leadership over some suppliers, certainly subcontractors. If your startup is a small building firm and you're using subcontract tradesmen to help to complete projects, then utilizing leadership skills to get the best out of those subcontractors and make sure everybody is doing the best job they can do um, can't be underestimated. So it doesn't matter whether you do or do not have people. I think leadership gets touched on from the start of a business and grows as the number of people involved in the delivery of the services or products of your business grows as well. But as staff starts to build up in your startup, there will be leadership requirements and management requirements that grow of individuals, of teams and of the whole of your business as well. So starting off with any opportunity to lead and recognizing the immediate opportunities to manage will put the uh, startup entrepreneur on a good footing for management and leadership as their business grows. When is management and leadership needed? Well, I would say you need to be thinking about management and leadership all the time and looking for opportunities to manage and lead. But in terms of actually taking management or leadership action, I think that's a measured and appropriate use of your time. And you can do that whether you are working on your business or in your business, if you recall the differences that we've talked about in terms of working on and working in. Under both headings, there's opportunities for management and leadership. I think there are some common skills which the startup entrepreneur will need to ensure that they're going to be the best manager and best leader that they can be. First on that list, I think, is communication. The manager needs to be clear, concise, confirmatory, if you will, uh, a communication style that is do as I say, whereas the leader perhaps needs to be inspirational, free, engaging, more a question of do as I do. So that communication piece, the way messages are gotten over to subordinates in teams and to those one wishes to lead, uh, is very important. 
the skill of motivation is a common requirement across both management and leadership. Management's approach to motivation should be probably, if we do this, we get this. Whereas leadership's approach to motivation should be, when we've done this, we'll celebrate. Problem solving. I think there's a common requirement here. Management is all about, this is what we will do because the solution to the problem will have been defined and it's communicating that appropriately to the team. Whereas leadership is more a, a collaborative approach. What do you think we should do is the leadership approach to problem solving. Delegation, this is important across both. When delegating as a manager, there can be no substitute, but for using the smart techniques, making sure that the tasks being instructed are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. But in contrast to that, for leadership, delegation will come up, and delegation here needs to be much looser. It's a you-can-do-this encouraging and motivating approach to giving tasks to people within your teams. And I think finally, in terms of common skills, time management. Uh, time management for managers is all about dealing with urgent matters and then dealing with urgent and important matters. It's about using their time to actually get stuff done, whereas the time management of the leader is all about dealing with the important stuff. It's creating the opportunities to get stuff done. I guess with a, a lot of people that are starting a startup, they not everyone, but some of them would have come from a company where they find something missing and they think, oh, I can fill that void or I can do this better and whatever will go off. And they might have already got to the level where they are managing teams below them or junior staff members and projects themselves. So a lot of people might already have that experience within another company of having those responsibilities. Yes, absolutely. And and may then find when they start up that um, they feel a little lost because they don't have things to manage and lead. It's one thing to have the ability to manage and lead, but I think like all things, it's about practice. If, you, if, if you're a practiced manager and leader, you probably have a good chance of being a good manager and leader. And if you stop practicing your management and leadership skills, they can quickly go rusty. I think there's also the um, intangible effects of pressure and it may be that the startup entrepreneur having come out of a role where they were managing and leading teams and projects may have been doing that in the context of the overall accountability and authority they've been given by their employer and they are hopefully they have been motivated to do the best they can and fulfill their potential within their role, but they're ultimately, they're not the final beneficiary of the business's achievements. Mm -hmm. Whereas when they become the startup entrepreneur, buck stops with them and the rewards come to them. And so there can be a greater pressure to achieve under management and leadership than perhaps there is when you're on the payroll of a larger company. So I think that can change people's perspective, even though they may have experienced management and leadership if they were within a chain of command rather than the head of a chain of command. 
But having said all of that about the common skills which we have identified, the lines are blurred between management and leadership. And I think that it is only with scale within your business that you would find any clear delineation between one and the other. There's always going to be a mix up of the roles, especially in the early stages. Good managers are generally good leaders, but often they don't know it. Good leaders are not necessarily good managers, and a good leader will know they're not necessarily a good manager. And 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 that's the other way around as well. Uh, a bad manager is always going to be a bad leader, and a bad leader may be a good manager, but not necessarily so. Let's go on to talk a little bit more about what's involved in each of these two uh, roles which the um, uh, startup entrepreneur is going to have to play at some stage in their journey or other. Okay. Leadership. What do we mean by leadership in the context of a startup company, the, the micro entity, the entrepreneur's first foray into working for themselves on behalf of themselves? Well, I think leadership is an intangible choice which we make. It's not something which is necessarily learnt. It's something which is based upon our character as to how well we can lead and our confidence and our experience. I think the intangible activities of the leader are to influence and motivate people. They should do that through the creation of visions, which may be strategies derived from business plans as we've discussed them in the past. They need to make the journey from where they are to where they want to be desirable to be involved in. They need to communicate the big picture, if you will, to everybody who is responsible for, in some part or other, for achieving that big picture. They need to be inspirational. They need to create trust. This is the single most important thing, perhaps, if a series of people who are being led by an individual have great trust in that individual and in the processes in which they're involved in, then they will follow the lead. And very clearly, if they don't trust the process or trust the people, they will not follow the lead. They will find ways of getting around it and be disruptive. So I think creating trust, which inspires people to um, get the job done and understand their role within the team is very important. And finally, I would say that we need to lead by example. It's about our behaviours. We need to be asking questions, exploring options, demonstrating solid principles and a good character. These are things which I think people have in large part as a result of the way they live their lives generally, and that gets interpreted into their business behaviours. Some of this can be developed over time, but a lot of it is fundamentally within a good leader rather than learnt by a manager to become a leader. I think the approach, a highly collaborative approach, is, is needed the leader needs to invite involvement and respect opinions. There has to be a common conversation around the issues of the day and a sense of everybody having a voice that is heard and respected um, in terms of decisions being made. The approach needs also to be that the leader will always be the first into battle. There's no there's no role for a leader in standing back and watching others do something that they've been asked to do. 
the leader needs to pull through performance in their organization. And that might be a nice contrast to when we talk about the specifics of management, which is more readily about pushing things through the process. I think that the leader needs to be a sharing individual and an encouraging individual. They need to be looking for ways to continuously coach and develop the people within their teams uh, to whom they have a responsibility, uh, helping those people to reach and exceed their potential. I think the leader needs to create and maintain enthusiasm needs to put people at the center of strategies and make sure there's always something in everything that the business does for everybody. Make it rewarding and recognize those rewards, this idea of celebration of success and learning from failure, never adopting a desk-thumping, shouting, bossy approach to leadership, always looking to achieve a degree of decorum in the response one chooses to what happens. We've talked about stoicism in previous episodes and accepting that we can't change what happened. The opportunity for wisdom is in our choice of reaction to what happens. I think this is critical to leadership. What does good leadership mean? I think it means that the people who are being led are going to go the extra mile. They're going to contribute way beyond the basis of their job description. Um, they're going to be observing, thinking, creating ideas, self-starting, self-managing. Those people are going to feel valued, recognized, as I said earlier, that they have a voice in the decision-making process. And I think they're going to feel passionate that they're in a rewarding career, making a difference. Good leadership also means that management is enhanced. Managing a well-led team versus managing a disaffected team will give very different results. And I think it's easy to imagine that it's the former, managing a well-led team. Uh, that becomes easy becomes productive, effective, and rewarding for everybody again. So again, good leadership means that good management is more easily attainable. And on the contrary, lack of leadership means people feel lost, undervalued, uninspired. They treat it just a job making the rent as opposed to, as I said, a rewarding career making a difference. So you've spoken about what makes a good leader and everything in that past section but have you had any experiences of what you would say is good leadership yes actually that that's a that's a great question i, I not so much an experience of good leadership itself but a, a really interesting um, alternative perspective on good leadership this came to me whilst I was um, in 2008. I was on the Great Wall of China on a leadership and development course. Um, and uh, it was great fun and plenty of opportunities to talk about a whole bunch of things that I learned and we talked about on that course in future episodes. But one thing in a leadership context that stood out from that came from a, a young entrepreneur, um, chap in his early 20s, who had won his place on this course. Uh, he was running a second-hand luxury car brokerage in Singapore and had built up a multi-million dollar business very quickly by importing all of the major luxury marks from Ferrari to Rolls-Royce and uh, as, as nearly new cars and selling them on to the high net worths of Singapore. 
And um, we were sat around a sheet of paper one day, and we'd all been asked on our side of this large sheet of paper to draw where we saw ourselves in our organizations. Most people were leaders, some were also managers. And so as you can imagine, there are people drawing circles with a point in the middle that represents them, circles with a point on the outside that represents them. Uh, some of us drew a pyramid with us at the top of the pyramid and growing layers of people with less and less management responsibility below us. And this young chap from Singapore had drawn a pyramid as well. And we all talked about what we had drawn. And then it came to his turn and he said, well, the thing you've missed is that where you're looking at my pyramid, it looks the same way up to yours. But actually, if you come and sit where I am, you'll see I've drawn my pyramid with the peak of the pyramid. The point of the pyramid is at the bottom. He said, and that's where I am. He said, and I consider my job as a leader to be balancing the pyramid above me. If I do my job right, I've got the at right at the pivot point at which the pyramid could fall over one way or another. I've got that balance perfectly and therefore my senior management team, who are the next layer, I think just above me, they can get their job done and if they do their job, then they're contributing to the balance in our pyramid and so therefore our middle management team above them and so on and so on right the way up to the client facing uh, teams right at the top of the inverted pyramid that the whole business is set about achieving. So if he does his job right and everybody above him does their job right, this pyramid just stands up perfectly on its point upside down and we and that gives great focus and uh, clarity on just how important the leader's role is because if he if he loses sight of his leadership responsibilities and objectives and activities for just a moment pyramid will start to wobble and then he's got to do something to get it back to stability again before he can then build up his business i thought that was a great visualization of the importance of leadership within an organization and a much more constructive way to think about leadership as enabling people who technically will report to you and be below you within your organization but actually in terms of creating the capacity and ability of people to do the stuff create the products and services and the sales and marketing and finance and everything that goes along with actually doing your business successfully, mm -hmm. that inverted pyramid visualization is very useful. Yeah, that's great. So let's go on to then look at what management is and see if we can draw some further um, contrast between management and leadership as, as we go on. Again, it's important to say that we're trying to talk here to the startup entrepreneur who's probably working just on their own at the very, in the very early days and who may not grow their business very quickly. So a few people a year coming in as the business goes along. So trying to talk to that person rather than the person in a large organization with lots of people around them all the time. I think management is much more tangible than leadership. It's going to be a position which has been assumed or given to an individual. 
Management is about exercising the authority which the individual has. It's about the attainment of specific goals, making plans, giving instructions, making equitable allocations of work, recognizing interdependencies and ensuring that people are talking to each other and channels are open so that interdependencies can be properly satisfied. It's about monitoring progress and correcting progress where it needs to be corrected to get to the attainment of the specific goals that is the outcome of the management exercise. We said in leadership that leadership was about vision and setting the big picture. I think management is about being part of the big picture. The manager needs to understand the big picture and then know what part of that they're trying to achieve through the control and direction of assets, entities, people, whatever it might be. People are not essential to management. We can manage projects, we can manage time, we can manage assets, we can manage suppliers and subcontractors that, yes, are technically people but not staff, as it were. So as opposed to leadership where we've said we can only really lead people. I guess it's more managing keeping yourself on track than others at the beginning. So managing, yeah, like you said, your time well and managing your deadlines and managing your whatnots. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's right. Knowing that you're part, you're a cog in the overall engine and knowing that if you get your bit done, and everybody else around you, other managers, other teams, they all get their bit done. The engine sings along sweetly. Um, but the moment that any one of those cogs starts to go too slowly, go in reverse, stagger, stutter, the whole engine starts to grind to a uh, uncomfortable slowness, if not halt. Mm-hmm. I think management is also about control and direction. Um, We've talked about um, giving instructions, um, monitoring progress, but I think there's more to it than that. I think it's helping the things, the people and and the risks within a a particular piece of work, a project, um, a responsibility, a a function within an organization. It's about the control and direction of those things, people, risks, to make sure that outcomes are reached on the path of least resistance to measure and report the progress, to be able to evidence what's happened and why it's happened and and if there was a need to make corrections to what was being done, to know how those corrections are made and, again, record those, control them and direct them. If we take an example, maybe, for the startup entrepreneur, it might be a shop fit-out. The startup entrepreneur's probably unlikely to outsource the management of a shop fit out they're going to want to do it themselves and likely not be able to afford to outsource it so they're going to directly manage the people and processes involved in design supply and fit of the shop fittings coordination of all of the pieces of the puzzle staff recruitment staff training So there's management in all of that. But I suggest this is an area where we would see, as I said in opening, that the startup entrepreneur can also see opportunities to start to exercise leadership skills here as well. Um, Motivation of those people who who are fitting the shop out for you is going to be very important instead of wandering around with a grimace on your face staring at paper and shouting at people um, the leader would be in there 
um, motivating the teams, asking questions, getting people talking, congratulating people, smiling at the work as it's getting done. Sure, troubleshooting may have to be addressed, but the leadership piece will be to get that team of, of fit fitters humming together very nicely, get the sound harmonious, as it were. I know from an experience we had here when we were building our own house um, 10 years or so ago, we had at one stage, we would, we had 25 people on site for several weeks as we started the fitting out after the shell had been constructed. And your mother had recognized the importance of uh, keeping all of these people on side and making sure channels of communication were open and inspiring them. And we did that by the production of bacon rolls on a Friday morning. Um, so every Friday morning, mum would rock up here with 25 bacon rolls wrapped up in foil and hand them out to all the builders on site and say, Let's just stop and have a chat for five minutes about how things are going and enjoy your bacon roll, boys. And just that one thing meant everybody was working together. They wanted to come to the site. They were, they, they were prioritizing us. They were showing loyalty to the contract. Um, and I'd like to think we got a great, a great end result out of everybody. And it was something as simple as that was a leadership process applied to something where there wasn't a need for leadership if you will yeah certainly in terms of um in in, in this shop fit out analogy staff recruitment staff training there is the first opportunity for true leadership uh, bringing people in for all the right reasons um, and immediately starting to encourage them to do the best they can and be the best they are that's uh, vitally important also under this control and direction piece, we need to think about what I call the position of the management fulcrum. Let me try and explain this in, in, in words. Imagine a seesaw. The seesaw has a fulcrum point right in the center of the length of the seesaw. So as one end goes down by a certain distance, the other end goes up by exactly the same distance. If the fulcrum were to move towards one end or the other, then with an offset fulcrum on the short side of the seesaw, for every amount you push down, a much greater distance will travel by the other end of the board. So if we accept that shifting the fulcrum from the center of a length towards either end of the length gives an opportunity for a certain degree of input to result in a much greater degree of output, that's what I mean by that's what I mean by moving the fulcrum within management. A good manager is one who will have skills to get lots done for little input themselves. Clear, concise direction, smart S M A R T delegation. The people who are properly prepared, trained and experienced to get the jobs done, correct assets and entities in the right places at the right time. A good manager will be able to, in a very short period of time, get lots of things happening that are happening correctly, in the right order, heading in the right direction. A bad manager 
is one who will be working the opposite, will be constantly tinkering and be involved, have a lack of clarity in what they want because they don't really understand it themselves, constantly issuing change instructions within the project or the task, blaming everybody else except themselves around them. Those people shifted their fulcrum in the opposite direction where they get very, they're doing all the heavy lifting and getting nothing for it because it's all the wrong stuff they're doing. So shifting your fulcrum towards your end of the plank means working smart, working clever, being to a certain extent something of the leader as well as the manager. We talked earlier on about these lines are blurred um, to a certain extent, and this is a good example because that effective management has to incorporate a degree of leadership if there are any people involved within the project or task that one is trying to manage. Critically, I would say a manager should never boss. I, I dislike the term boss, always have done. It implies, to my mind, bossing implies bullying, implies command and control. A general might be a boss in the way that they boss their army around, but I don't think in business managers or leaders should ever cross that line to be a boss. Management can, of course, be different. Some people will manage collaboratively. question they might ask is, how are we going to achieve this? Kind of a leadership overlap again. Many managers will manage on a command and control basis. This is what we are going to do to achieve this. It's kind of my way or the highway approach to management. The manager who adopts the command and control structure will always struggle to um, move their fulcrum because they're, they're creating an opportunity for the team to always keep coming back to them and say, so what do I do next? What do I do next? What are we going to do in this situation? This problem's arisen. What do you think we should do? As opposed to that collaborative approach where people are going to be, bring solutions, not problems to the manager as things happen, where everything has been planned correctly. The risks have been thought through that negative visualization, again, linking back to the stoicism stuff we've talked about and past episodes the you know the critical approach to what could go wrong and how can i mitigate the risks of it going wrong that's a collaborative item that the manager should be exercising and will achieve great outcomes from projects and tasks that are being managed mm -hmm. what does good management mean well it means that projects are completed on time within budget at the right degree of quality it means that teams are managed effectively and efficiently and that the teams are able to do more with less which all of which is about achieving high degrees of productivity from um, the the assets and people which you have within your organization and the business progresses as a result of good management and good leadership a well-known um, anecdote for the difference between leader and management is perhaps useful just to wrap all this lot up, Beth. Yeah. And this is the, 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 the time-honoured jungle hacking story. Mm -hmm. We need to hack a path through a deep jungle. The leader has decided using plans and maps of the path that we should follow. The manager has been given the job to get the team ready to start hacking through the jungle. Manager's objective is to push the team to hack the path. The manager is not so worried about the direction the team is going in as long as it's been as achieved the short-term objective it's been given. 
the leader is the one who is getting up the tree to make sure that the path that they had set for the work that's being managed is the correct one and where there is deviation in the direction of the path being cut then the leader will make the necessary corrections through the manager who pushes the team to hack in the correct direction again and and that may be a that may be paraphrased in many respects but i think it's always a classic example of the difference between leadership and management big picture mm-hmm. little picture part of the whole the whole etc etc yeah perfect cool Thank you for listening to our third episode in this series. We hope you enjoyed it. Join us next week where we'll be talking about taking on expenses within your startup. As always, keep an eye on our Instagram at tellmeaboutpod and our website tellmeaboutpod.com to keep updated with us. And please follow, like and review to help others find us too.